You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. What's up, Storehouse Tribe? Hey, this is Stu. And uh, hey, I just wanted to hit on one of the tenets of this podcast, uh, Financial Freedom. David and I honestly think that um, the best way to get to financial freedom is through real estate investing. We've been uh, investing in real estate for quite some time. And um, one of the coolest things about real estate is uh, the relationships that, uh, that we are able to create. Um, we basically use partners on every single deal that we do, um, both in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for our, our turnkey rental company, and through some of our bigger deals, you know, we've done some stuff, uh, some commercial properties here in Colorado, where we live, and, and we're looking to do more. Um, so if that's something that sounds of interest to you, we'd love to uh, kind of tell you what, what we got going on, what we're doing. Um, we're looking for more partners. We love building relationships and having, um, you know, that, that trust with, with our partners and, and the ability to offer opportunities uh, to, to invest alongside with us. Um, if that's something of interest, hey, reach out to us. We'd love to jump on the phone. We'd love to jump on a Zoom call, tell you what we're up to. Um, you can reach out to us through uh, social media channels. You can hit us up on LinkedIn. You can hit us up on Facebook. Well, hit up me on Facebook. Don't, don't hit up David. Uh, you can send us an email. Um, you can go to our website, storehouse310turnkey, and uh, go to the Contact Us page. Send us an email at podcast at storehouse310turnkey. Any of those options, reach out. Let's talk real estate, and we'd love to tell you what we're, what we're up to. Um, enjoy this episode. Most importantly, go fill your storehouse. See you. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is another episode of Filling Storehouse Podcast, and we have an amazing guest today, Royce King. Uh, welcome. It's great to, great to have you. It's good to see you again, and um, looking forward to this conversation. Thanks for having me, Stu and Dave. No problem. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to get into a lot here. So you're uh, there. There's not you don't have a lack of things that you're currently doing. You're writing books. You've you've uh, have a couple books out. Uh, you've got a ton of content for real estate investors, which we absolutely appreciate. Uh, you've got an amazing story. You're a storyteller yourself. Marketing, like all the things. So we're gonna we're gonna get into some interesting conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Stu, I want to, before we start, I want to open it to you for any, uh, yeah. any terrible, terrible dad moments. Have you, <laughs> have you had any recently? Cause I know, and I know it might be, I don't want to take up too much time with that because uh-huh. I know it's probably a lot of them. Yeah. I, I fail quite often as a dad, Royce. Uh, sometimes we talk about our, our dad fails. Um, and, uh, one recently I was telling David about right before you jumped on was, uh, we, we recently got a, uh, um, a trampoline and, um, you know, kids love to jump on it. I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old and uh, my four-year-old was like, daddy, daddy, let's go jump. And he's like, Hey, bounce me. And so, you know, I, I got into it a little bit and, and uh, bounced him a little too hard. He went, he Uh-oh. went flying up, you know, you did like the double bounce. Yeah. And, uh, he, he probably went as high at, or higher as the net was and uh, went crashing face down uh, in, into the uh, side of the trampoline and then started crying. And then he was done uh, jumping on the trampoline. So uh, there's my uh, dad fail for, for the week. Um, Ladies and gents, don't double bounce your son as high as you possibly can. I want to say that I 
completely disagree with you. Um, my <laughs> goal, I thank God that they put the nets up yeah. because I bounce. I intentionally have my kids stand in the middle and we see if I can double bounce them up over the, uh, over, over not, the out, top. not out, just not out. high enough to get out. So <laughs> I, I, I think you should do it. Uh, Stu, I'd say if your kids are only four and seven, you have a lot more bad dad moments coming. My I, kids are grown and I can vouch for bad mom moments yeah yeah i i I don't doubt that there are plenty to come and uh, i pray that uh bouncing you know double bouncing is probably the worst that it's going to get but i I highly doubt that that's going to be the case probably not yeah probably not from experience (laughs) well and i speak from experience being Stu's friend for 25 you know 25 years that that his fails are are gonna be uh many are are in the future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just from my experience as a friend. So, well, awesome. Well, Royce, tell us a little about yourself, please. All right. Well, as I just mentioned, I have two grown kids. Uh, they did survive all the bad mom moments. Great. And Congrats. they are young adults now. And uh, I grew up in the Midwest and have lived almost from coast to coast, not quite. I got as far as Colorado, never to California. And um, I went to college in Chicago, hoping to be this big corporate guru, but then quickly realized that it didn't allow for the freedom that I desired in my life. And, you know, as investors, we're looking at passive income streams to create freedom, right? And uh, so I realized that very early on and went into business for myself and, To date, I've owned a string of 12 different businesses. Some have failed, some have succeeded, and some have just been average, right? But uh, they've all been learning experiences, and they've all challenged me to grow in my skill set, my character, my knowledge. And uh, I don't think you're an entrepreneur without the failures. And so I've crashed and burned twice and had to start from square one twice, but it's all good. I have a global six-figure business today that God has richly blessed me with, and I have clients around the world, and uh, I'm just in awe at what he can restore from my stupidity and my mistakes. <laughs> wow, that, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, and do you mind just kind of, is there a general theme to, to most of your businesses? Is it, um, you know, is it all real estate based? Is it, you know, uh, the marketing side? What What's the and I, and I agree with you hundred percent. I think the failures are really where we learn our lessons. It's, it's not, we don't, you know, in life and business and faith, it's not the, you know, not the times that we're thriving that I, that I think we're, we're gaining the most. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, Dave, uh, I am your typical ADD entrepreneur where I like a multitude of things and I'll dive into a new topic and learn it. Uh, so I have not had a linear path in my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I've done everything from owning an insurance agency to playing with horses and doing equine assisted learning for military families to reintegrate uh, into family units, um, worked with at-risk children, everything in between. So it's definitely been an experience. No, that's interesting because I I feel that, uh, I mean, 
David probably included, but I think the two of us have a, you know, very similar, uh, we, we see shiny objects and we, we get excited about something. We go after it. And, you know, a lot of people in the real estate world, at least, um, the, the, the recommended path is just like, Hey, pick one thing, focus on it, focus on a niche and then, and then like master that one niche. And a lot of people say like, don't build a, a lot of bridges and then never finish the bridge, you know, focus on one bridge and get across to the Island. I'm curious from your, from your perspective, um, do you think kind of looking back on all of these businesses that you started, do you think you would have been, um, better off just picking one focused niche and then going after that and sticking with it? Or do you think that, you know, being well-rounded and having your experience in all these different uh, ventures has actually made you better? I just heard Sarah Blakely's husband speak on this and he said, master a niche and then you can expand. And I believe I did master each niche. I didn't do all of those all at one time, but I came to the level of success that fulfilled me. And then I moved on. And um, so, yeah, I don't believe you could do 12 different businesses in 12 different industries all at once and do any of them successfully. And I've met those people at networking events where they have, you know, a handful of cards in their pocket and it's all with different industries, um, you know, and they introduce themselves and they give you uh, five cards with five different professions on it. I don't think that works, um, but mastering a niche and then moving on does work. And real estate has been an interwoven theme for me for about 20 years now. I've gone in and out of real estate and feel like I know it intimately. And it's something that I enjoy and continue to stick with as an income stream. And uh, so Stu, back to your question, I don't think you can do a multitude of things and do them well simultaneously, but I do think that you can master and then you can create multiple income streams in multiple industries or with multiple vehicles. And when you were starting these businesses, was it, uh, were they based on a passion at that time and you wanted to be very proficient in it and, and start a business or was it more based on you saw an opportunity and as an entrepreneur, it was a, an opportunity to create a line of income or was it a mixture? And then, and as you have continued to do that and refine it, are you now, did you find through that process, a, a passion point that you are now focused on and, and, and really dedicated to? Yeah. Some of them were passion and opportunity. Um, as a, as a business coach now working with quite a few startup businesses, I can say that I always encourage them to have a business plan before they launch their idea and to create an exit strategy early on. And I could have saved myself a lot of wasted time and money had I followed that advice myself because opportunity is always there. And as an entrepreneur, we tend to be um, those opportunities and passions always there, but does that mean it's going to be a good business model? Maybe, maybe not. So uh, I highly encourage my clients to dive in and do a, a business plan, whether it be a one-page business plan or business model canvas, but 
take a look in depth at the business and make sure it makes sense. Yeah, and, and I and I ask because I also think you obviously has a you have a bias towards action, and I think a lot of times we don't know. We may have a sense for what our passion is, but we don't know what our highest and best is in relation to that passion. And and I think the fact that you take action on those things, it really helps you to understand intimately, okay, this is what I was created to do, or this is, you know, I was gifted in this way, or or I'm not. And this is just potentially an opportunity that I can use right now. And, and maybe it's a line of income, or maybe it fails completely or whatever it is. But but at least in, in your coaching, what I what I hear is that you know, you said if you took your own lessons, you could, you would have saved money. But, but what I hear is your lessons are making you an amazing coach to be able to share, you know, who, who best to get advice from uh, drinking issues than, than a, a recovered alcoholic, right? Like you, you've been through the fight. And so I think that that really has, is enhancing your, your coaching business. And, and I think it's a, a beautiful thing to take action and get to that point to realize, okay, this is, you know, lessons learned and I could pass these on. Yeah, David, I actually have had a lot of clients tell me that I chose you as my coach because you've been through the fire and you've tried different things and your perspective is so unique as a coach. And I do believe that while I could have saved myself a lot of time and money in the past, we can take all of those lessons and use them as learning experiences and building blocks. And that is how I found my calling. You know, since 2014, I've been coaching and writing marketing copy. And that happened because I was writing my own marketing copy for all those other businesses and said, wow, I'm pretty good at this. I mean, I could use some, some improvement and some training, but I have a natural knack for this. And then with coaching, I started coaching MBA students that I felt were smarter than me and more experienced in business than me. And they really weren't. Uh, and it was interesting when they got tremendous results and came back and told me, Royce, because of your coaching, I was accepted into this program. Or because of your coaching, I got this VC to give me X number of dollars. And I was, wow, I'm, I'm pretty good at coaching too. <laughs> so, um, that's how my business started back in 2014 was having the opportunity to see God validating the gifts he gave me and taking that and creating a business from it. And uh, I can tell you, I, I love every day I get to work with clients. Um, there's not a vacation for me, but there's not a sense of overwhelmed and burned out for me either. And that's the best life balance I've ever seen. That's super cool. I, I love, I love just the, the idea that, you know, it, it took a while to, to kind of figure out what, what God made for your highest and best. And it took some failures. It took some lessons. It took some startups, it took some failures. And, you know, I'm curious kind of back to that 2014, where you said, Hey, you lost everything and you had to start over and, and you've since built this global business. What was there, was there one specific thing that, that you look back on and you think that this is, this is why my business failed. Was it, was it something that you just weren't passionate about or was it just not your highest and best use? What, what, what happened in, you know, that, that really 
cause you to, to lose these businesses? Yeah, Stu, both times I've crashed and burned, it's been obvious and contributed to one thing. In 2009, I was in real estate and we had 29 properties. Mm. And, uh, you know, in 2008, nine, everything went yeah. down, yeah. especially with real estate and we couldn't sell off fast enough. So mm. that was an economic downturn that primarily contributed to that. But had we made some decisions differently in that business, we could have mitigated those losses and maybe not crashed and burned. But um, the main contributing factor was the, the recession. And then in 2014, I got divorced and you know, through the divorce negotiations, I was the one that got to start over. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was very, it, it was a very apparent contributing factor, but I think as an entrepreneur that you just get back up one more time, then you fall down. And so in 2014, I lost everything to a divorce. I had just become an empty nester and I put my heart and soul into building my business and made the right connections. And by 2016, I had a global business. So uh, again, it's nothing that you can't recover from. Yeah, It's just a matter of getting back up one more time. I love that. So back to the 2009, when you had these 29 properties and we had an economic downturn, many think that that might happen again soon. And, and I'm just curious, kind of looking back again from your experience, um, if, if people are in a similar situation, you know, we have, I mean, David and I, we have, we have a portfolio of, of real estate that we own, you know, we own rental properties. We have, you know, around that same number and what, what could people do differently this time around, if it does happen to prepare for maybe an economic downturn, is there anything that you'd have done differently? Uh, yeah, not over financing your properties, you yeah. know, back then you could take a lot of cash out yeah. and spend the equity right. and that's not a wise it's thing to, you know, making sure that the property cash flows on its own accord without playing with the numbers mm. is important. And I think it's a wise move, but we have some different things coming into play today than we did back then, you know, through COVID we had the moratorium. Right. which hurt landlords, rescued tenants. And uh, so I think that being aware of the legislation that's coming up to the table to be voted on is important. And we can't let our guard down and say, well, politics doesn't affect me or the laws coming up to the Senate don't affect me. They do. You have to watch what they're voting on because 1031 exchanges have been, um, uh, what, what's the word I want, attacked in recent years. Right. And the moratorium has happened. And um, so all of those plays are detrimental to an investor. And we have to know what's going on. And then just managing your money wisely, being a good steward of what you have. That's great advice. Yeah, I, I love that advice because, you know, what it really, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but I think we, 
oftentimes, especially in the real estate world, we get so enamored with cash flow and buying properties. And it's almost like tattoos. I think you, you, once you do one deal, you're like, get, you're addicted and you're like, oh, I'm five more. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, you know, I, I think we also, we get, we also lose sight of the passive nature. We say passive investment. Well, there's nothing passive about staying up to date on legislation, about understanding politics. And you don't have to be a political person. You don't even have to associate with a party and all that kind of stuff. It's not about that. It's about understanding the environment with which you're um, you know, what you're entering into. And I, and I think that's amazing advice. And I, and I, and I really appreciate you sharing that. I love the, um, you know, the, the practical application and, and then also the, the intentionality behind taking action to understand, you know, what, what it is you're getting into. Um, I want to get back, go back to, you know, you getting back up. And I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize the significant impact. So you mentioned empty nesting, which, you know, I personally, my kids are five, eight, and 10. I'm really looking forward to empty nesting, but I'm just joking. I love my children and we have an amazing time together, but, and that's going to be a sad time. That'll be a sad time. It'll be a different transition. It'll be sad. So there's that. And I think it impacts mothers and fathers differently, not more or less, but differently. Um, so you went through that and then a divorce, which is also significant in and of itself, but then to you know, the, the additional pressure of the financial burden of the divorce as well, losing things. And, and, and I just, I'm curious if you don't mind sharing just, just cause I know, you know, you mentioned throwing yourself in a business and for entrepreneurs, that's a place of comfort for us. But, but I imagine there was probably a lot more intentionality and actions that you were taking to get out of that, out of that hole. And, and if you don't mind just shining some light onto that, I'd, I'd love to uh, hear some of your coaching on how to get through tough times as well. Okay. Yeah, Dave, you're right. The, um, the empty nesting and the divorce does play with your emotions and is a traumatic time. But the empty nesting also was the number one contributor to me getting back up. You know, I had to start over. Uh, my ex-husband had a job. He had health insurance. He had all the, quote, perks of life, all the advantages to starting over. And I literally had nothing. I was working on contract with a major nonprofit at that time. And they were going through leadership changes and had an interim executive director. And so the same week I filed for my divorce, they let my contract go. And uh, it's just like timing snowballed everything. And I literally walked away with with no job, no income, no insurance, no, like no security of any kind. And having grown children who are entering their adult years, you know, I think they were 18 and 21 or some, something like that. um, They actually motivated me to get back up because I said, they're watching mom and dad They have feelings about who was right or who was wrong in the divorce or, you know, how it went south or whatever. Um, And they have their own feelings that they're not expressing to us, right? Because they, they can't and their perception is skewed towards one or the other of us. I mean, that just happens with divorce, right? And uh, so I didn't hold that against them in any way, but I said, they're watching mom and dad. And the best thing that I can choose to do is become a mentor for them and show them how to rise above 
conflict and loss because while they may never encounter a divorce in their life, they certainly will encounter some kind of trauma or some kind of experience that they have to come back from. And um, so I had to show them how to come back from that. And it took work for me. Again, you mentioned the emotional drain of those two things coming into play at the same time. And I would literally sit on my balcony. I lived in Florida and the weather was nice. And I'd go out there and I'd sit for hours a day envisioning what you'd like. And some people may say, well, if you had no job and no money, how do you have time to vision for hours? But That's a perfect time. You had plenty of time. <laughs> exactly. Well, I should have been out looking for work or been applying uh, for jobs or whatever. Right. But no, I had to envision what I wanted my life to look like. I had to reinvent myself. And I also had to pray for what my highest and best was. And I would spend hours a day um, doing those activities. And that was good for my emotional peace, my spiritual peace. And it's only through envisioning what you want life to look like that you can create it. You know, there's a, um, a couple of quotes and I can't quote them verbatim without looking them up, but it says that our life is like a book and make sure you're holding the pen. Um, I had to hold the pen to my life and recreate it. And so that divorce and that starting over wasn't the end of the story. It was the end of a chapter. And now the new chapter could be penned by me, but only if I chose to. And my kids were actually the motivation for me getting back up on those days when I didn't feel like getting out of bed. And then I did have to network, you know, I reached out to friends and here's my skill set. Here's what I want to do, make introductions for me. And um, I remember walking my dog, you know, when you're home and off work, you walk your dog a lot more. And uh, I was walking my dog around two in the afternoon every day. And this other person was walking their dog at two in the afternoon. Well, if you're walking your dog at two in the afternoon, obviously you're not a nine to fiver, right? You're not employed. So we began chatting after several days of passing each other at the same time. What do you do for a living? Well, what do you do? And we were both business owners and I had to claim that even though I had no business because I crashed and burned at that point, I, I knew my identity was as a business owner and she was a business owner as well. And she said, well, what do you do? And I said, do I help businesses with marketing? And she introduced me to an old high school person that she had just come in contact with recently after five or 10 years of no contact. And that ended up being a $10,000 contract. And um, so there were proactive things I definitely had to do for my business. But the first thing that I had to make sure I was doing was being thankful for what I still had. You know, I still had my five senses. I still had my children, still had a roof over my head. 
um, and then create the life I wanted. That's awesome. I, I thank you for sharing that. That's really incredible. And and Stu, before your question, I just want to yeah. highlight the I, I love the time spent doing envisioning what you wanted. And I think there's I think we discount how much power there is in that because it really focuses on and for you and, and for us, you know, men of faith, it really focuses us back to the gratitudes. It focuses back to, you know, our creator focuses back to what our highest and best is and trying to figure out who we are in him, but also it really, you know, it gives you a vision and a path and a focus for the future. And then you action that and you have a more clear, your actions, your fallen actions have more clarity and purpose and yes. drive and passion. And, and I love that. And then I also love how you highlighted that you never lost sight of the fact that you are still a parent. You're still, you're, you, you are emulating what you want your children to see through resilience through, um, you know, hard times and, and to see how their mom reacted to it. And in that was lessons in coaching and, and, and things that you'll never know, maybe until you're in heaven, uh, but you'll never know unless your kids are, are extremely, you know, secure at some point point, want to share it with you, um, which is a challenge, but you'll never know how much of an impact that made on them and, and really, form their future, which I think is a, is an incredible thing. So thank you for sharing that, that, that has got me like, just fired up and, and yeah. thinking I need to go sit on my balcony for the next few hours and, <laughs> and think about the future. No, Dave, we got some work to do. You can't be going in and, you know, sitting in la la land and visioning off things. We got work. That's to do, true. Man. Come on. That's true. That's true. That's true. Sorry. Royce, yeah. Um, so, you know, you got through this hard time, you started your business, you're, you're, um, teaching, you're coaching, um, you have uh, your startup coach going and um, you talk about this thing on your website that you help uh, entrepreneurs with uh, their story brand framework. You're a story brand guide, you're a certified um, copywriter, and you help write content for, for real estate investors. If you could kind of give us, give us some background on what a story brand framework is and how people can kind of get to you know, go that direction with, with branding and marketing for their business. Okay. Um, Story Brand is a relatively famous book. I mean, he's sold more than I have, I think a couple of million copies, but it was written by Donald Miller. And he has figured out a specific seven part framework to what you need to define to make sure that you're hitting your target audience with all your messaging. And uh, from all the content that I've written over the years, I can tell you that oftentimes I'm, I'm uh, contacted by a lead and they say, can you write content for me? Okay, what are your keywords? Well, I don't know. Who's your target audience? Well, I don't know. Well, what problem are you solving? Well, I don't know. But Easy job want- for you. Just great exactly. content. Exactly. <laughs> but I want the content to be the magic bullet, right? Content is king. And so why can't it be the magic bullet? And uh, it can be, but you have to know who you're speaking to first. And so I just love the simplicity that Donald Miller gives in his book about that seven part story brand framework, because until you're able to answer those questions, for your particular brand, whether you're the brand of one as an author, or you're the brand of a Fortune 500 company, 
you cannot have a marketing message that speaks to, engages with, and resonates with your target audience. And um, so I have started using that framework in my conversations with prospects. And uh, they can do one of two things. They can buy the book for whatever, 15, 20 bucks and read through the story brand framework and have those answers ready. Or they can hire me and we'll go through a consulting conversation, a strategy call, and I can help them define those answers. But too often, smaller brands just want me the right copy, but they have no idea what the copy should be like. And um, so it's very simplistic. I mean, seven parts, answer seven questions and you've got it. That's really cool. Now I have to ask, is that the same Donald, Donald Miller that wrote uh, Blue Like Jazz? Uh, I want to say yes, because I think I've heard him talk about that. And I've yeah, that, read the book many moons ago, but not definitively, Dave. Sorry. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to look that up. So Donald Miller, and I'm pretty sure I think it is. It is. But that book was That's good a book. formative book for me. I read it years ago and I and I've revisited it a couple of times. Love that book. But what's really interesting, and I think there's a, a, a crazy parallel, is that you know, when he started writing, he was writing the these Christian books, but amazing storyteller and, and relating the story of his life and the challenges that, that he had to come through, you know, with his, his family, his father and um, all, all those issues. And, and then to see him turn that into a business and now the CEO of story brand and, and, and how he's created that through storytelling. I think that's a, uh, it seems like you're basically on that. You, you do the same thing and, and the power would, would really, I think resonates there is that if you have the ability to tie branding story marketing into practical application for business, like that is such a powerful place to be. And we've seen it with, um, you know, we had some guests on the, the go-giver series, for example, to be able to do a, they, they love the parable practical application method. Um, and, and just to be able to do that, is so intriguing and it's such a special gift. And, and I not, not really a question in that, but I, but I'm, I'm just, I'm jealous of people that are able to tie those two sides of the mind together and create a story that knuckleheads like Stu and myself can understand, but then you take the depth of that and turn it into a practical application in reality, which is, which is a beautiful skill set. You're right. And Bob Berg and uh, Donald Miller both do a fabulous job of storytelling. So a couple of knuckleheads like us, you know, we're real estate investors and we, we might know some of the answers to the story brand guide. Um, but, but we could reach out to you and, and say, Hey Royce, you know, here's, here's our business. Here's what we're, we're working on. Here's our, our client, here's our avatar. And then you could really help us dive in and kind of come up with, with a, a, a branding and a, and a strategy for, for marketing and creating content. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, and it really is different for everyone in real estate. You know, um, about a month or so ago, I happened to write some sales funnels for two different syndicates, hmm. and they were targeting different types of people. 
either due to location or the sophistication of the investor or the size of the deal. Uh, and so while they were both syndicates and you might assume that they were in competition targeting the same avatar, they were not. And it really does take an understanding of who you're targeting. So is that something was that something that you you added that element of depth to their like they they thought they had a thing they came and talked to you and and as you applied you know the 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 process it really helped them to refine who it was that they're specifically marketing to because that's powerful right like if if, if yeah. i think uh i'm i'm if i'm if i'm trying to hit the wrong audience for whatever reason and i don't even realize it that there's that's a significant disconnect and so you're able to, I guess, you're able to refine that um, through through your experience and 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 bring that all, I guess, into focus. Yeah, and I always use the example of real estate agents, right? If you're licensed to sell real estate, you could sell any property from vacant land to a, a basic starter home to a luxury multi-million dollar property. But most agents target some kind of buyer. Uh, they might be a relocation specialist for military families. They may be a senior real estate professional targeting those who are senior citizens and downsizing from the home they raised their family in. Doesn't mean they can't sell other real estate. It means that the person they're targeting has distinctly different needs. A military family with kids you guys' age relocating across the country every few years has a different lens that they're looking at that real estate purchase through than the 65 year old that's downsizing and wants this to be their last home in the next 15, 20 years. Right. Right. And so you're sorry, so, so becoming the expert at that or becoming recognizing that about yourself is one is very liberating. I imagine and you probably have a lot of aha moments in your coaching where they're like, oh, um, but then I guess focusing on being the best at that gives you a uh, gives you kind of a niche area. And, and also, you know, a um, a path forward, at least. Is that is that kind of the intent, the goal behind it? Correct. And when people approach me about marketing for their company. SEO usually comes up in the conversation, like 75% of the time it will come up. But SEO is such a broad term, just like marketing is, that I need to know what you mean by SEO. And most business owners aren't savvy enough to know what they really mean by SEO. And so at the very basic level, they're going, well, I need keywords to drive organic traffic and help me rank on search engines. Okay, great. That is part of SEO. Well, we can't have the keyword realtor. We need to know that you are a relocation specialist and that keyword needs to be found throughout your copy. Otherwise, you'll never come up as a relocation specialist in blank city, right? And so we can write better copy if we really niche down and there's a, a phrase niches make riches right mm. and so when you know your niche that's when the money comes in easily 
because you're not spread so thin that you're shotgunning and trying to get any type of client that will say hi. Stu, that's different than snitches get stitches. It's different. <laughs> so, and, and I don't want you to get confused. SEO, that stands for search engine optimization. Just, oh, just, just so you know, thank just for you. your thank you, Well, yeah. and it seems so simple, right? It seems basic, but just that the nuance of what you just said is so powerful. And, and it could be that switch. It could be the, the spigot that turns on, you know, the riches versus a trickle of, you know, leads that you just happen to luckily get. Uh, I think that's, I think it's the, 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 the beauty is in the simplicity. And I love that. And, and I'm curious too, with Stu, like if you have a business partner like Stu with a face like his, like, is there any hope that we could do marketing that has anything to do with pictures or videos or anything like that? Just, well, just I'm not going right to comment on Sue's face, but <laughs> yes, video marketing is definitely uh, the wave of the future and video typically will elicit higher rankings in your SEO than copy only, but copy is still what the, you know, crawlers look for to find those keywords. And, um, so using a combination of both is definitely more powerful. And I have a friend who's often said he has a face for radio, David, uh, but yep. you know, he, he speaks on stages around the world. So it's not about what your face looks like. It's about uh, using all the tools that Google provides to help you rank higher. Or filters too. We could use filters as yeah. well. So we could. We have avatars, and we can hide behind our real identity. These there days. you go. <laughs> uh, we we recently uh, uh, our our marketing director um, got us signed up on on TikTok, and so David David just likes to do dancing videos on TikTok, and he seems to think that that's going to get uh, us clients for real estate. I I don't think so, but you know we'll see. That wouldn't get me clients either yeah. based on my dance moves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, so I, I want to shift a little bit here. Um, you know, kind of as we're um, getting close to the end here, you've written quite a few books, um, but but this last book that you wrote is a little bit different um, than you know, your business books. You, you wrote a book called "Unwrapping Your Worth in Christ and Relishing Moments with God," and um, you told us before we started that that the profits from this book, um, all, all the, all the proceeds go to uh, missionaries around the world. And I think that's incredibly amazing. Like David and I have, have a passion for that, for giving uh, a lot of the profits that we take from, from our, our real estate businesses go towards, um, giving my, my sister is actually a missionary, uh, her, her family. And, uh, so there's definitely a passion there. If you could just kind of give us a little background about, background about that book and what it's about and, um, you know, and some of the stuff that you're doing with it. Yeah, Sue, thanks for asking. Um, we've spoken quite a few times during this interview about identity and uh, knowing who we are and knowing our highest and best. And I can tell you that God has had that message in my heart for years, probably my whole life, because he brought me broken, usually women, some men, but women overall, he brought me broken women who had similar struggles to what I had. And uh, through that, I was able to speak the truth of scripture into their life. And during COVID, I was 
praying over those scriptures. I was studying them. I was spending a lot of time in the Bible. And I heard God say, you need to write this down because you don't, you won't live long enough to impact women one-on-one with this message. And there are so many out there that need to hear this. I want you to impact millions. And while I cannot say that I have Donald Miller's record of selling millions of copies of this book, that is what I heard. And love it. so I took all of those things that I had been saying and speaking and scriptures I had been using in one-on-one conversations over the last 20 years or so and put them in a book. And then uh, I also added some note pages so that God could speak the truth that he was revealing through that scripture to you as you read it. And my husband, a professional photographer of 30 years, who you've seen his, his um, work on national ads, he did the, the pictures. And um, so it was really a collaborative effort. And I wanted it to be a, a devotional, not necessarily a tabletop coffee table book, but a devotional you could go back to again and again. And I've highlighted certain words in the scriptures to have you really define that word and ask what God's saying to you. Like, for example, the scripture that we're chosen and redeemed. Uh, I've underlined the word chosen. What does that really mean that God chose you? What does it mean if you go choose a child out of foster care and adopt them? That's what he did for us. And so as you read that, and as you meditate on the word chosen, what has God revealed to you about that word and your relationship specifically with him? I love that. I think, you know, I think it takes a lot of work, effort, and and courage to write a book and, and to, um, you know, put yourself out there, but also to create something that one, you create it in faith that, that it will be able to reach uh, millions and, and especially those that, that need to hear. And, and I claim in faith that, that uh, it will reach the hands of those that need to hear it. And, and I just, uh, I love that. I think, uh, you know, just an encouragement to you, one, as a coach, I, I don't think there's many higher callings than a coach. And I think that the power of a coach outside of the church and within businesses. And, you know, we're big fans of the gospel patrons and John Reinhardt and, and their mission to, um, to really advance the gospel and advance the, the kingdom through uh, business and through, you know, he highlights the people that supported, you know, Paul and, and some of the, the, the biblical greats were, were people that um, were people that, that were business owners and, and coaches and coaching people to do that, I think is, is such a high calling and then write a book and, and that really is to serve people. And I think it's, it's amazing. So um, I'm really looking forward to, and the fact that the photographer, maybe, maybe uh, your husband photographer can also apply some filters for some pictures that we take in the future that maybe will get us some sales with, uh, with Stu, but, but, I, but I just love and want to encourage you that I think it's amazing. And I love the journey. I love how it's, how the, really the, the, the failures have brought you to this place of, 
of wisdom and, and grace where you can really pour into others and uh, uh, keep crushing it, Royce. It's, uh, it's just an amazing, amazing, inspiring thing for me. And as a dad, to hear you, there, there are certain things that you said throughout. The, there's a lot of things that I've written down that you've said, but one of them that really resonated as well was when you, you highlighted that our kids are watching us. And in the good times and the bad times are watching to see how they should react in the future and how their resilience can be built through when we face hard times, which we inevitably will. Um, and so I, I just really appreciate you and all the wisdom that you've dropped on us today. It's been, uh, I feel like I've been through a coaching session. I feel like I owe you some money. <laughs> Thank you. You can donate to a good cause. I've had That's some great. offices actually order several copies of the book and do a Bible study study among us staff. That's great. That's awesome. Well, Royce, where is the best place for, um, for folks to go to, uh, learn more about you? If, if you know, there's, if there's uh, business entrepreneurs, real estate investors that, that are looking for help to kind of build that story brand, build some marketing, create content, or, or just, uh, you know, read your books, where, where should we uh, send them? Your startup.coach not.com your startup.coach okay. is where you can go for my business website. And then Royce King author is where you can go to order the book. It's also directly available on Amazon and Kindle. And uh, awesome. that's where you can find me. And I love LinkedIn. So connect with me there. Okay. We will uh, put those sites in our show notes and uh, connect, connect those uh, for you. And, Hey, this was awesome, Royce. I really appreciate uh, you coming on and spending your time with us. And uh, I, like David said, we, we've learned a ton today. Um, guys and gals, hey, reach out to Royce and, and you know, look into uh, getting some coaching from her. Uh, check out her books. Um, and if you like this episode, share it with somebody. We greatly appreciate you telling somebody about this podcast. Um, you know, take a screenshot, share it on your social medias, tag Royce uh, on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, go get her books. Uh, but most importantly, go fill your storehouse. Yeah. Thank you so much, Royce. Really appreciate you. And uh, thank you friends for listening. Make it a great day. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to filling the storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.